You are now listening to the 23rd episode of the Saints Edified Podcast. I'm your host, Arturo, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in. Now, it's been a while since I've made an episode like this one, and uh, the last two episodes were um, I was interviewing people on on different topics. Uh, yeah, so I, I will cont- I will get back to having uh, like a series that we follow. You know, last time it was on abortion, and we, we did about like maybe, I don't know, like six episodes on just on that and um so i do want to continue to do that but for now i'm just doing whatever time permits it's one of those things where if i have time to make a podcast i'll I'll take that time and if i don't then i'll just pull up something um that i can share so that kind of explains um my episode for today um i saved an episode uh an interview i'm sorry i saved an interview from last year uh from a good friend of mine uh his name is rj and he runs the reform society on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter and any other platform. I mean, it's been a huge blessing to, to just, just to see God work in this man. Um, I, I mean, I met him years ago and just to see the drastic change has been incredible, you know, and, and then what he's doing now for the kingdom, he's, you know, taking the time to create content um, that looks amazing and that's edifying and, and, um, and life-changing really. So uh, I, I, wa- I interviewed him on, on a post he made last year in December. And, and in case someone listens to this in the future, um, December of 2019, that's when I interviewed him. And I've held this interview in my back pocket for about like five months now, almost. And, and there's a reason for it. I, I, wa- I wanted this to be an introduction to a Christology series. And that's why I'm talking about how I eventually would, I do want to get back to, to making a series on something, on one topic and, and, you know, have about five to 10 episodes on one thing, but just lately that hasn't been the case. So I want to release this interview now, but although I'm not going to start my Christology series yet, um, I, I do want to give you guys a taste of what I'm going to cover, you know, and uh, in the Christology series, I am going to interview people um, every so often, um, guys who have spent hours and hours and hours on this topic and i mean as a christian you want to learn more about christ you want to learn more about about your savior and that's what i want to do so uh, rj here he made an awesome post um and we'll talk about that in the interview but uh but yeah so so that's what this episode is going to be about and hopefully you guys are encouraged by it uh if you guys don't know about rj's ministry Look in the description, I'll link it, um, but you can go on Facebook and type in the Reformed Society, and um, there's a group called Puritan and Reformed Society, so it's not that one, but it's an, it's an actual page. The Reformed Society has a blue logo, um, and, and, and just so you know, this interview was recorded in mid-December, so it might make sense when you, you might hear him reference, you know, Christmas or something like that, you know, and or a giveaway that he's doing at that time, you know, just so you know, it's, it's already passed, you know. But speaking of giveaways, I do have a giveaway for you guys. And if you guys are interested in joining, or I'm sorry, if you guys are interested in, in participating, then there's a link below. Um, it's called the Puritan Prayer Giveaway, and it's conducted by, by me and my ministry. Um, and I'm basically giving away the Valley of Vision collection of Puritan prayers, Piercing Heaven, Prayers of the Puritans. Okay, and they're both very similar, but they have different prayers in them. Um, Valley Vision is very poetic, uh, beautiful, beautiful language. Uh, you can tell there's a lot of thought put into those prayers. And I just feel like uh, Piercing Heaven, it seems like it's 
like personally it feels like it's a little bit more authentic uh, in that like it, some of the prayers are very short some of them are very long and they don't really focus on trying to be you know like the, they're not trying to be wordy and and poetic they're just laying out their heart before the lord you know and it's just personally i kind of like that a little more if you want something to help you out in your in, in your time of prayer at times you don't know what to pray and you know these these little books could could help you with that you know and um it's just again they're, they're they've been a huge blessing to my life and to the life of others uh, people online have reviewed them already you can check them out and uh but i'm giving them away for free um all you have to do is follow the link below type in your email and there's different ways to get more entries and uh and i'm going to announce the winner on august 16th so hopefully you guys take advantage of that. oh also too i'm also going to include a sensatified uh, 15 ounce coffee mug so you can put a lot of coffee in there and you know one side has a logo the other side has Soli de gloria with a first corinthians 1031 so yeah you guys just take advantage of that well i don't want to waste too much of your time i want to go ahead and play the interview enjoy All right, RJ. So finally, we're doing this, man. I've been asking you this for a while, and uh, and uh, man, we—it's um, it's pretty interesting talking about your testimony and how we came to Christ. I actually met you when you were still at your old church, which you'll talk about in a little bit. And it was during a time where I was kind of in a shaky spot myself. I was a young man, single, trying to figure out my life and what to do. Yeah. Being counseled at the same time. I don't know if I told you that, but Jason Faber, you know, he was counseling me right, around right. the time I met you. I believe you've mentioned that. Yeah, and um, so it was it was a it was a life shifting time for me. And by God's providence, that's when I met you. And uh, I met yeah. you in the gym when we were both really buff. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so thank you, well, man. I'm still I, pretty buff. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for for doing this with me, bro. I I know you're a busy person, and um, hey, anything for twenty bucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, um, man, there's so much to talk about. I was really excited about your post on Facebook on on the Reform Society. And for those of you who don't know, which I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming people know already, but uh, but you run that by yourself. You know, yes, you make you make the correct. memes, uh, you do all the posts and everything. Um, so uh, it's a labor of love. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> and it's it, definitely time intensive, but it, it's it's a privilege to edify, challenge, and encourage the body of Christ in a small way. Yeah, man. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Dude. I, I I run Saints Edify by myself, and it, it's just too much time. You know, right. so you have to have a skill to do this as much as you do. So I I really appreciate that about you, man. So you know what? Um, I know you personally. I, yeah. I want people to know you a little bit more, and maybe you could share probably your testimony. Yeah, because dude, I think your 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 background story, people will be surprised, you know, and and, and and also encouraged. So, man, if you could just start with that, man. Yeah. So I was born and raised into a at the time Roman Catholic home family. My parents were nominal Catholics, but they were, you know, pretty faithfully there on the weekends, primarily due to the fact that. They were baptizing everybody, and so they were the padrinos, and that's Spanish for uh, godfathers. For a lot of people in our city, they were also involved in a lot of weddings, just because they were, again, popular people. So they didn't have much by way of uh, devotion to our Lord Jesus Christ, or there was no absolutely no theological, you know, interest for them. Really, it was just a matter again of culture. Um, especially for Hispanics like you and I, Roman Catholicism is a massive, you could say has a massive grapple hold on our culture. Although I do think by the grace of God, we're seeing a shift from away from that. 
Um, we're seeing Reformation sweep through Latin America, including Mexico and other countries. So that's exciting. But um, when I was maybe about seven, uh, eight, my mom started attending a apostolic church um, after trying out several other churches. They invited her to an apostolic church. She started going and she really enjoyed it. She started praying and inviting my dad and uh, asking us kids, you know, who were going faithfully with her to pray that my dad would also start coming and then be converted. And so um, that happened probably within a year. It was tumultuous, of course. There was turmoil. My parents, you know, at first, my dad hated the idea. He said, I was born a Catholic. I'm going to die a Catholic. Don't try to get me converted to this, you know, Christian nonsense, right? Especially because, you know, he saw the, the women were all wearing skirts, you know, dresses, uh, no makeup, you know, um, started seeing veils and things like that. He's like, I, I don't even know what this is. Uh, eventually, once he converted as well, you know, we joined a uh, Oneness Pentecostal church. And shortly thereafter, a couple years later, my parents decided to pray about and seek the Lord, uh, as far as their understanding goes, to uh, plant a church in the city of Arvin here in California. Now we're in Bakersfield now, but Arvin's just, you know, quick 30 minutes away. Um, so when I was about 13 years old, they, they uprooted us, brought us, us referring to two of my sisters and myself who were still living in the home. I'm the youngest of five, the only boy, just for our audience. So they brought us up, uh, they planted a church. And so I was, uh, of course, as the pastor's kid, Arturo, I was intimately involved in all the operation of the church. I remember you, you tried to invite me a couple of times. I did. I yeah. did try to invite you a couple of times. You never, you never fell for it. Um, you know, so yeah, I was playing drums to start off. And then I started uh, doing, you know, quick sermons, short sermons. Um, eventually, I, right before I left, I was doing three to four teachings a month, teachings and preachings. Um, I was the youth pastor. My wife was, of course, uh, assisting in, in all these endeavors. And um, I was the worship leader as well on the keys and the microphone. So I was pretty intimately involved with church. When you and I met, mm -hmm. uh, you were telling me basically about the oneness error. Mm -hmm. And I would look at your face and laugh. And I would, um, of course, I I don't know if I've ever officially apologized for that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I do. Know, I, I remember there was a time where we talked about it. Like, I, I think you were actually pretty kind you know you're actually I, I, think yeah. you, I think you were trying to get me over that's why I noticed you're you're slowly trying to you know yeah let me know, I, I was you know? trying to win you over I was trying to see if you know quote unquote the Lord would open your eyes right, yeah. right? and so I, I was doing my best as an as an ambassador of Christ to do that and um but you challenged me and you said brother look you know you got to look at the historic um confession of the church you got to look at the bible not just in bits and pieces so um you know when you when you kind of gave me that advice, you could say, uh, I took it upon myself, you know, as somewhat of a challenge to say, okay, I will do that and I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm. Right. And so that was the mindset that I had going into this whole thing. Long story short, I ended up finding a debate with James White debating Roger Perkins. It was a oneness and Trinity debate. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I said, okay, here's the, here's the perfect fodder for my arguments against Arturo. I'm going to, I'm going to crush this Trinitarian, you know, heathen. And so as I started watching the debate, I, I, I you know, made it a point to, um, number one, be prayerful about it, right? Approach it with prayer. Know that we're considering the things that are holy. 
um, the things that are of God, where we're talking about his nature, right? His existence. Mm -hmm. If you could say God exists, which again, that even that word doesn't capture right. who God is or what, you know, what he is. Um, but when you start considering, you know, the Trinity or oneness, modalism, et cetera, it, it's very sacred, hallowed ground that you should be very careful with. So I approached the debate very prayerfully. I asked the Lord uh, to help me, to open my eyes, open my understanding, to, to know who he is and ask him to reveal himself to me, right? Uh, very quickly, I started realizing, okay, who's being more biblical? I started asking, who's being more biblical? And immediately, James White was right. just, he was just coming out with scripture after scripture. Yes, he would also use creeds and historic confessions of the church. But again, those things, which we'll address later, are all based on scripture. Right. It's summarizing scripture. It's not taking the place of scripture. It's not um, being superimposed on top of scripture. It's just taking different portions of scripture, scripture, pardon me, and uh, making them make sense in a way that we can retain, right? Mm. And that often for children's sake that we can use to catechize right, and yeah. to, yep, you know, yep. use in a Q&A format, which I'm sure I know mm. <laughs> you're, you're well aware of. So when that happened, uh, my world was shaken. Uh, you know, I, I was at first in denial. Uh, I was thinking there's no way, you know, like maybe I just, I wasn't really paying attention right. Mm. You know, this there's no way that this bald-headed mean guy <laughs> is right. Sorry, James White. Man. But the more I listened, the more I realized this is what the Bible says. Nice. So I, I can no longer deny it. You know, I had always asked, I had always had questions about, you know, passages in the scripture where you hear Christ talk to his father and the father responds, right? right, right. You know, if, if there were no passages in the scripture where the father responds back, then maybe there'd be some sort of argument, right? Mm -hmm. Well, hey, you know, the father, we never hear his voice, blah, blah, blah. But we do. Right. There are, you know, at least two, three audible portions in the scripture where Christ says something to his father and his father says something back. And right. that's just, it, it always, when I was oneness, it always blew my mind. I'm like, how is right. this happening? Right. Yeah. What, what is this saying about God? But once I came to embrace, you know, of course, Trinitarianism and the historic position of the church on God, it all just naturally made sense. Nice. There was no more quarreling with these things. There was no more trying to explain away things that the text is clearly saying, but that doesn't fit your theology. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I came to that position, I just felt liberated. It nice. felt like the Lord had opened my eyes graciously, given me understanding. Thanks be to God that, you know, he gave me a wonderful wife who, yeah. you know, to whom I could minister to and lead. Um, and she also has a story too. She was Catholic. Yeah, right? she so. was, she was uh, raised Catholic and, you know, she attended the Catholic church uh, more than I did, obviously, yeah. because my tenure, you know, as yeah. a Catholic was a lot shorter, but you know, she, she came to my oneness church when we got married. Yeah. And, uh, I, I remember, she... I remember you were telling me <clears throat> the, the debates you guys were having. So yeah, yeah. It was, it was just, it was really interesting. <laughs> to, to, to my embarrassment, you know, it became, it became a point of contention for us for, yeah. for a season. We were saying, you know, you know, if and when the Lord blesses us with children, whose church are they going to go mm -hmm, to? And mm -hmm. now looking back, you know, there were there were silly, strong-headed debates, but um, the Lord is good, yeah. and uh, He has given me a, a fantastic wife that's, you know, permitted me to shepherd her, and mm -hmm. um, you know, I I take that responsibility seriously and ask the Lord to strengthen, you know, my my uh, efforts in, in that. Uh, but yeah, now, you know, we attend Sovereign Grace Church here, right. here in Bakersfield, California. 
um, to the church that is very familiar mm-hmm. with your church at Providence. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm teaching there on Sunday nights as part of a rotating schedule of, of young men who are interested in um, pursuing gospel ministry. And um, I'm also teaching the Spanish Bible study. That's uh, Renuevo Bakersfield, which meets on Thursdays at the church offices, where we're, which we're using to try to reach people who, again, have, might have been de-churched or unchurched mm-hmm. or just, you know, fallen out of love with church because of anything in the past. And what we want to do is just bring biblical uh, teaching and doctrine and make it understandable and then hope and pray that the spirit uh, works upon their hearts. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. I mean, I I just, uh, it's just so cool to always reflect on that, especially believing in God's sovereignty and election, predestination. I mean, all these things, right? Mm -hmm. I personally feel like who am I for God to use? And, uh, and just hearing your story, he tends to use those who aren't, qualified sometimes right. you know to, to preach the gospel so uh I, i'm thankful about that man and i want to mention one thing man i i won't say where you worked but i remember i would visit you at work sometimes and i remember that yeah. i remember the first time you told me you, you listened to james white you, uh, <laughs> yeah i remember that i, I just remember we we're talking i'm like wait what james white and then you're talking about the new covenant and all these other things and i just remember this time your character was just completely different yeah. um you were completely transformed i remember i walked out of there just my mind was blown I was like, there's no way that could be, that's the same RJ. Yeah, you know? I remember that. I remember and that. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I talked to you about theology and, and stuff that typically most people will be like, oh. and you were just focused and, you know, you wanted to meet up a couple of times. I, um, you know. Yeah, I think we hadn't actually spoken for like a couple months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a couple, was a couple months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it, it was just pretty neat, man. I, I, I always rejoice over that testimony. So appreciate that, man. And, and now look, and now you're doing this Reform Society thing. Yeah. And yeah, I don't it's, know. Uh, it's the Lord works in mysterious ways, you know. <laughs> It's, it's the old axiom. It's true. It's certainly true. You know, I would have never planned this course for my own life. Obviously, when, you know, when I came to embrace Reformed theology and, and um, you know, told my wife, okay, it's time for us to find a gospel preaching church that affirms what we affirm, which is what the Bible teaches. Right. It, it caused a rift, right, between my parents, uh, myself and, and my wife. And, uh, you know, there was a period of radio silence there for a couple months mm-hmm. um and it was difficult especially being the only son i'm very used to having a direct line of communication with both my parents mm-hmm. you know they both loved me um, and i know they love me you know unconditionally but it, for that time there was a you know sort of blockade there in between us that you know if, if you take again you know our theology to their to their natural conclusions one of us is a heretic mm-hmm. right? Right, right and i don't say that lightly no, yeah. although we chuckle at it but that's that's the position of of each side, right? That oneness will say Trinitarians are heretics, Trinitarians will say the oneness are condemned as heretics. So there's still work to do there. I, I do pray that the Lord gives me grace to continue to you know approach them on the subject, yeah. and uh, pray that He would open their hearts to receive the truth of the gospel and the biblical testimony of you know who our Lord Jesus Christ right. is, the eternal Son of God who came to save sinners. Amen, man. That's actually why I really love your your ministry page because. What you do is is you don't get like you're not trying to be new. You're you're actually getting old stuff. Yeah. And uh, and you know for the modern Christian, what's your what's your uh, little slogan again? Exactly. It's yeah. The Reformed Society. It's ancient faith for the modern Christian. Exactly. Yeah. And because a lot of those quotes, you talk about the Trinity, incarnation, salvation, sanctification. You go all over the you know all over the map, right? Right. And um and I personally, my experience, a lot of times I'll I'll say something with not much thought put into it. And a year later, I find out that that one thing I said, like, messed someone up pretty bad, you know, <laughs> good or bad. You know, I, yeah. I have a brother. He was so adamant against Calvinism, man. He hated Calvinism. 
And I remember before leaving, uh, but he so did I. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually believed as an Armenian. He actually believed you can't lose your salvation. As I was leaving his home, I was like, "Hey, bro, quick question, man. So, do we lose our free will once we're saved because you can't lose your salvation anymore?" And he thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, I have to go, anyways." And I took off. That was the one question that converted him from Arminianism to, you know, and, and so it's, it's these little quotes at times that end up. Yeah. And, and what you do is, is you get these little quotes, that, but they're powerful and right. they're powerful. And then you, you always have the guy in the background kind of gives you a picture who said it. And, and these are powerful gospel, biblical centered quotes from men who are dead already. Yeah. Who probably sure, weren't right. even thinking about internet or anything like that. You know right. what I mean? Right. And, and yet, they, had, they had no idea their, their, you know, sermons, their quotes, their books would travel this far. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. certainly something that I think is... Once we all get to heaven, that's probably going to amaze them the most, right? right. But, but you know, John Bunyan saying, like, "What? Five hundred yeah, years exactly. later, you're, yeah, you're still especially. reading my stuff? Like, yes. Why? You know?" So, so I was going to ask you that, man. So about the Reform Society, because I, I do, I do want to talk about this really quick, because sure. it's so fascinating to me that you, I mean, I, I met you before you were even a Trinitarian, or you know, so yeah. it's, just, it's just crazy yeah. to me. You might get messages and comments where other Christians are just very thankful and, yes. and moved yeah. by these little images on the internet, you know, these graphics that you create, you know, yeah. uh, can you just share a little bit about some of the things that encouraged you that people you know, uh, just relate to you a little bit, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. No, I, I get probably, um, I saw my wife actually the other day, I probably get one, you know, message a week, uh, or comment a week where somebody is saying, you know, your page is so edifying or, you know, this um it's funny because as soon as someone sees an image with text it's a meme yeah <laughs> you know regardless of whether it's a gospel quote regardless of whether it's a bit it's a bible verse it's everything's just rolled up under the umbrella of a meme right so especially the older folks okay boomer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um they you know they'll message me and say your memes are so encouraging you know um and one one specific example that sticks out to me is i had put a meme i had made a meme a real meme this time. <laughs> the meme said, you haven't gone to bed doubting your salvation because you listened to a Paul Washer sermon and it shows. Right? <laughs> this is when the and it shows yeah, and you it know, shows. meme was getting big. And this young lady said that she saw my meme and had never heard of Paul Washer. Oh, nice. So she nice. went to YouTube, looked up Paul Washer. She listened to like three or four of his sermons, came across came back to my page found you know other guys like john MacArthur and stuff like that went to listen to more sermons oh, she ended up getting baptized uh in the wow. name of the father son and holy spirit at a um grace community church um either a sister cool. you know church or yeah. that church itself and she messaged me saying i just want to thank you so much for oh, nice. what you're doing because god has yeah. you know worked through that to bring me to conversion and Man. and i was just like dumbfounded yeah right? I'm thinking, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm this 30 year old guy about to turn, about to turn 31. So if anyone wants to buy me a gift, <laughs> I'll send you my PayPal information. No, but you know, I'm this 30 year old guy who just had this idea for a Instagram page. You know, I it started because I had followed many of those Instagram pages that are still existing mm-hmm. um, on my personal page, and uh, but I have a design, I have a background in graphic design. Mm-hmm. No offense to anyone whatsoever, but. I started, you know, saying I want to see God's truths and commentaries on God's truth and, uh, you know, exposition of God's truth presented beautifully. Yeah. Right. So I didn't want to bring anything new to the table as far as theology goes, but I did want to bring something new as far as the delivery goes. And that was to make, you know, beautiful memes, you could say, images, you know, quotes that were pleasing to the eye, but that more than that 
were, you know, full of gospel truth right. and could help you again, like you said, with your mm -hmm. daily life, right? You, you read one of these quotes sometimes, you know, I used to quote three times. I used to post three times a day yeah. when I was at the height of my posting. Now <laughs> I've, I've curtailed that back to, you know, one post a day and then several memes in, in right. the stories. Mm. I find that it's worked well, you know, it gives my, I think my audience a time to breathe between posts and really mm -hmm. kind of focus on that one post for the day, you right. can say. And so I've been doing that and it's been a blessing again to have people, you know, yeah. message me and comment to me that, hey, wow, your page or this meme, this quote, I would have never, you know, seen this coming. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing, bro. I mean, God could use just about anything. And what's cool he is... He use a dog, he yeah. can use me. <laughs> there you yeah. go. What's cool about this though, man, is that like, and, and this is no jab to ministers who don't have social media, but like we have a tool on, which is the internet. Right. And there's platforms on there and the enemy is using that. Absolutely. You know, and, he, uh, he's using it night and day without resting. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, Facebook, everything's a waste of time. I don't like it. You know, it's just distracting. Well, and at, at, when I, I get, you know, everyone has their Depends own convictions. How you use it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But at the same time, though, there has to be an appreciation for, for guys like like us, what we're doing. We're yeah. trying to reach out to Christians and non-believers uh, through right. what we do on, online. And it's one thing I, th I think is probably overlooked a little bit, but because uh, it is a lot of work. I know it's a lot of work. Yeah, you know? and I, I can imagine I can imagine you too. So, yeah, man. Uh, well, this is going to transition into what I want to talk about tonight. And that's going to be about the incarnation or the hypostatic union of yeah. Christ. Because you made something that was really cool, and I have it up right here. All right, so RJ, I have this post right here in front of me, um, and it's the it's the one you made on December 10th, and this was the beginning of what I believe is a series that you're going to do. It's called Correct. the the Foundations of the Christian Religion. Yes. Uh, so before we get into the actual post, uh, what is that about? What was the Foundations of the Christian Religion? What is that? Yeah, Arturo. So I had the idea of you know starting a series of posts, as you mentioned, um, that will basically take doctrine, even creeds, confessions, but mostly theological terms uh, that people maybe have heard in the past, but aren't quite sure exactly what they mean. And so being the season that we're in right now with the Advent season, Christmas is just a couple days away. I felt that it would be a perfect time to start with the hypostatic union to kick off this series because I wanted to have a establish and, and keep developing and working on a series again where the common person right your 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 average churchgoer can uh, be educated as to what these things mean so that they don't feel like the conversation is above them right mm -hmm. we theology does not have to be difficult i think that i think that was probably one of my concerns uh, early on mm -hmm. i thought theology was you know just this heady stuff that uh, is in no way practical mm -hmm. right and so I, I'm actually making it a point in this series to uh, include a slide or two on how this is important mm -hmm. or why this matters, right? Mm -hmm. And so obviously with the hypostatic union, which we'll get to, there's there's massive implications of right. this doctrine. And so that's my cool. goal with it, to take profound things and do my best by the Spirit's assistance to, to make them plain. Nice. I think um, one of my, I think probably one of our, both of our favorite teachers, R.C. Sproul, mm -hmm. had a tremendous gift of right. taking things that are complex, deep, profound, and making them accessible. And so I could only hope to, you know, do one one hundredth <laughs> of what R.C. Sproul did for us in yeah. uh, providing this series on on the Reform Society um, feeds. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Because um, I don't know if you remember the discussion we had in the past uh, for the Saint Edified page. 
I was trying to think of a uh, of a way to do something similar, but like once a week on a one on one uh, meme, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and you help me you help me out with uh, Westminster Wednesdays and uh, Theological Thursdays. That's right. And but th- these are just one one image. It's only one image. You know you, what you're doing. It looks like a, like a like a little like mini book. I, I'm looking at this one, man. And it's just uh, again, like like you said earlier, you do care about how it looks like, you know, how how it appears. Right. Um, it's easy to read on my phone. Yeah. Um, so those of you who haven't checked it out yet, I will post it. Um, I'll see if I can somehow post this uh, post on 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 the description and and so people can check it out. If you don't have a Facebook, uh, I, I think it is where anyone can see it. So yeah. So if if you guys do come across the uh, the post that we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, make sure you save it or save the link. Um, yeah, you can bookmark it. Bookmark it. Yeah, there you go. That's the, the far right icon on Instagram. You can also save on Facebook as well, actually. You can click on the three dots menu and click to save post. So, okay. So, yeah, yeah, you, so I'm actually on the Facebook one right now. So Yeah, so folks could always okay. save it to refer back to it or to share out to people that you think would benefit from reading it. So I highly right. encourage that. Um, just like you said, there's, there's so many resources out there that it's important to be able to save the ones that we think, you know, would benefit, we would benefit from, uh, on a second or third reading. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome, man. Okay. So I'm on the first page right now and it says, uh, introduction to the hypostatic union foundations of the Christian religion by the reform society. Yeah. The very next page. I like how you did that. You uh, you said (laughs) hypo what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt that, uh, I thought that was going to be the first response for anyone who maybe hasn't heard of it, yeah, right? Hi, right? What? Hi, hypo, <laughs> hypo what? And so I thought, okay, that'd be a great you know, first uh, slide there to mm-hmm. kind of break down the nuance of this word. And can you go ahead and just read uh, what you have right there, Amanda, that first page? Yeah, so I've got um, the hypostatic comes from the Greek word hypostasis. The word is found four times in the New Testament, most memorably in Hebrews 1, 3, where Jesus is said to be the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. So you explain where we got the word from, and yeah. you, you you highlight the the passage that clearly shows it. So why, why is it even important to to understand these words and to understand? I mean, like why can't we just say Christ the God Man? Like why do we need to believe that there's two natures in one person? That might be a good first question to ask for anyone. Why learn about this? It all to me this boils down to the Lord Jesus Christ's question of who do you say I am, right? It's it's easy to oh man that was, that make, was good yeah it's yeah. easy to make a sweeping statement and just say well he is Lord right I don't need theology I just need Jesus and um, certainly for your salvation I am not going to tack on anything to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved I am not daring to tack anything onto that right. but I will say that generally someone who confesses that isn't instantly taken to heaven right right, right. <laughs> right? upon right. their confession. Of that faith, um, so I think it's important for us to know who Jesus is. You mm. know, I, I, you know, make it equivalent to you know you were drowning, right? And mm. this amazing lifeguard who can go to the deepest depths of the sea goes down after you were drowned, pulls you up and saves you. You know, gives you mm. CPR, whatever, mouth to mouth, brings you back to life, and then you know you ask, oh, who was that? Is Jesus, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the initial step, mm-hmm. right? That's that's salvation, you know. That that's that's conversion. You you are thankful. You confess that you love Jesus, that you're mm-hmm. thankful for Jesus, that you have your that you place your faith in Jesus, which is your God-given uh, faith, uh, the greatest gift that God can give us. But after that, do you no longer care about Jesus? Right. You know, do you you don't care what he likes, what he doesn't like, um, mm-hmm. what he was like, what he is like, right. where he is. 
what he's doing for you. Jesus's work did not finish at the cross, right? right. He says it is finished, speaking of expiation. Right, right, right. right? Speaking of, of making atonement for our sins. Yeah. But yet he had to be buried. Mm-hmm. He had to be resurrected. resurrected to continue his work that he now that he is now doing right? right he ever lives to make intercession for us yeah and so the hypostatic union is extremely helpful in combating the heresies that might even by our default state come into our right. mind right this is why the historic creeds and confessions of the church are so right. useful and vital because without them you know you you might read uh that jesus slept right, right? that he yeah. was tired you might think, oh, see, Jesus wasn't God. Yeah, right. Because God doesn't sleep or slumber, he says, right, in mm-hmm. the Old Testament. So the hypostatic union is a outcome of a combating of heresy that uh, is super helpful for us to be able to reconcile that Jesus is God and man. Right, That he's right. the God-man. That he has two natures, but he's one person. And exactly. so to me, I thought that was a perfect place to start because yeah. our entire faith is based on Jesus Christ, right? And what exactly. he's done for us. As you're, as you're talking about this, man, it just makes me think even more about the, the people who ask those kind of questions. Like, why is that important? Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it, that's all head knowledge. And, and honestly, man, what that tells me is that you're not evangelizing. Right. Because people who mm. are Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, yeah. others, they will disagree with what you're saying. They're going to disagree with how you view God, how Absolutely. you view Christ. And, um, and so we should be thankful that men in the past came up with these kind of words to summarize neatly what we believe and what the Bible Correct. teaches. Correct. It wasn't to add anything to the Bible or exactly. to um, supplant, you know, biblical testimony. It was to take what the Bible teaches and make it understandable in a concise, often, uh, confession or creed. And, and I, I especially find the creeds very useful. You know, of course, the Council of Chalcedon was the, um, the primary driver on the nature of Christ, right? Or the, the um, ident- identity of Christ. That being the, the primary driver there was useful because, again, they, they came up with the Chalcedonian definition, you could say, or confession, right? Uh, or creed, the Chalcedonian creed, where mm-hmm. it is outlined, right? Who Christ yeah. is, what his natures are, how they relate to each other right. in a very succinct, useful, practical way yeah. that um, makes it a little easier to recall right. and to commit to memory. And so that, again, that you don't commit, you know, or you don't make heretical statements when you're out evangelizing yeah. or you're out debating or do you know engaging in apologetics well, i'm glad you, you said all that and especially how you you briefly summarized it in that second page on this on this little um yeah what, what was, so what would you call this was it a booklet or just yeah yeah <laughs> we'll go you, with booklet okay we'll go with, um all right meme book a meme l- book? long post is that a thing? Okay. We'll, go, we'll go long post long post okay yeah. it's long post and so that, that was page two, man. And, and obviously there's so much we can unpack in just that page alone. So, right. so for you to, to easily summarize, that was good. Now the next one, page three, Yeah. it says this. It says, God of God, according to the scriptures and by Jesus' own confession, the Son has always been God. Amen. And that's in bold, always yep. been God. Nothing was made without him. He is before all things and face to face with the Father in the beginning. Yet we are told that Jesus Christ isn't just God, but Emmanuel. That is God with us. Now, how is it possible? How is it possible for God to be with us? Can God become man? Did he lay aside his divinity? Did he lose his godness, if you will? Yeah. Man, and I mean, bro. Uh, so go ahead. Uh. Yeah. No. So yeah, my intent with this with this one here was again to pique the reader's interest, right? Obviously, those who are 
more solid in their doctrine or going to be looking at those last questions and saying, what, you know, and yeah. perhaps they're thinking, does the reform society, does RJ, the reform society, does he believe it? And then swiping to the next screen and then saying, oh, okay, no, he doesn't. Um, so it's a way to pique their interest because again, these were the questions yeah. that the ancient church struggled with. Right. This, this is, you know, again, by the Chalcedonian definition, you know, you, you had a struggle with, okay, is there two natures or is there one nature? Is there a combined nature? Is it a, uh, intermingled or mixed nature oh, yeah. is there actually two persons right mm -hmm. where each nature is its own person and they're kind of like you know seeping into one another or taking turns controlling you know right. what uh, controlling what Jesus says or does um, so th these questions I think uh, arise and I try to make it very clear again that you know Christ is God of God he's always been God he, there was never a point where he came into being yeah. um, I like how Augustine says you know show me a flame without light and I will show you the mm -hmm. father without the son. Right. right. And so, uh, obviously we know, don't, don't come after me, heresy <laughs> hunters. Obviously we know that all analogies break down. Yeah, I'm right. not making the comparison that God is, can be compared to flame. <laughs> it's just a useful way of saying that if God is the father and he's eternally the father, he, he's never been without the son. Right. And so that's what we confess. That's what historically, uh, the church has confessed. Um, and that's what Arius, you know, had was condemned a heretic for for denying, right? Because he said he would seen there was a time when the sun was not, there was a time when the sun was not, and so my first point, Arturo, uh, to get back to the slide here, was to make it clear that we're not saying that the sun ever came into being. He's always okay. been God. He is God of God, very God of very God. Yet he is Emmanuel, right? right yet he right. came to be with us. That that sets up. The hypostatic union. Right. How did God come in the flesh? Right. Um, so that's why I asked those couple questions, and I and I try to be very clear about where we're going with this. Yeah, and, and also too, just just so you know, man, those questions. I remember when I first became a Christian uh, at the age of fifteen. Did not grow up in church. Right. And these were questions that were crossing my mind. You know, like Absolutely. wait, is Jesus Christ God? How did he die? Or yeah. Once you start once you start digging into theology, these questions do naturally arise, and it's it's comforting in a, in a way that. Just to know that the church early on dealt with the same thing, yeah. you know, and and uh, now thankfully again, like I said earlier, we should be thankful that these things are are here for us. So right. so so we should thank God for our brothers who took part of these uh, these councils and creeds. So absolutely. So so let's go to page uh, four. Uh, page four says two natures, one person. Uh, you, you can go ahead and read that one. Yeah, two natures, one person, and I quoted from John one fourteen, first part of the of the verse there and the word became flesh and dwelt among us which i think again is the most one of the most amazing bible verses you could read and i went on to write the scriptural testimony makes it clear that jesus is in some mind-blowing way one person with two natures divine and human christ is truly god or vera deo and truly man vera homo in heaven christ had glory with the father yet while on earth jesus was a true man he cried hungered and suffered he was in every way tempted like us, yet without sin. And again, man, I want to just make sure that in case people haven't seen this yet, surely God, truly men are bold and also without sin. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the main, I love how you did that. Because I know you did it on purpose. You had yeah. to because. Uh, yeah, because you, know, you can get lost in the sea of words or, or yeah. you can forget um, what you read. So I try to use bolds and color and underlining and stuff like that very purposefully mm -hmm. um, so that your attention can be drawn to the right thing. Uh, for example, here, yeah, two natures, one person, truly God, truly man, but yeah. yet without sin. sin. Right. So exactly. that, that was very important for me to point out. 
It is, yeah, because it, it's one of the arguments that people make. Well, if he was man, then and he'd be subject to sin. Right. Like, no, well, Paul made it very clear. The writers of the New Testament made it very clear. Right. Um, and so did Christ himself. So it's, I, I just, again, I love how you you, uh, you you summarize it even in the the, the font, you know? Yeah. Uh, by looking at this, you know what you know what this page is about. And uh, the way how it's laid out, it's it's um, it's easy to follow. Um, and is there anything in here, man? Uh, because, again, it, it almost seems like somewhat of a... Uh, contradiction to say that God or that there's one person that could, that could be fully God and, and and truly man or truly God I'm sorry truly God and truly man right it, it, it almost seems like somewhat of a contradiction I'm sure you understand why some people would want to reject that you know so yeah again when we're dealing with mysteries of uh, the Trinity of the hypostatic union um, etc you, you are wading into deep waters uh, but again the intent is to try to make it approachable mm-hmm. so yeah certainly when you hear that uh, Christ is the God-man, uh, it can certainly be a completely controversial and mind-blowing statement. You hear that, um, you know, he, again, as I mentioned there, he hungered, he cried, he suffered. Mm. And yet, none of this was fake crying. None of this right, was, you right. know, fake suffering or, or fake tears, anything like that. Jesus was tempted in every way like us, right? right? So there is a, again, a, a mind-blowing manner in which this person is God and man. Yeah. And as far as we can go, we go. Right. But where the scripture doesn't speak, we don't speak. Exactly. And so when the scripture, you know, when Christ is walking around and he's telling the Pharisees, you know, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Mm. Only God can do that. Right. Right. So we have to affirm that that's God saying that. right? Right. Right. But yet when that temple is destroyed, Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. only man can be destroyed. God cannot die. Right. Yet, yet we read in the New Testament, Paul says, "God purchased the church with His own blood." Mm-hmm. How is that possible? It's only possible through the hypostatic union, yeah. the two natures in one person of Jesus Christ, right. truly God, because only God can pay our debt. Right. Because right? no man can pay our debt, but truly man, because. Uh, man had to die in our place, right? right? Just as Adam took us all into sin, another man brought us out of sin, and that right. is Jesus Christ, because he was without sin, and exactly. he ever will be without sin. So I also want to ask you something else. I don't know if you did this intentionally or not, but there's a big deal about using words like fully or 100%. You used right. the word truly, which yes. I think was was the best. You could, it was intentional, yes. Yeah, and um, so can you explain why, when we explain the hypostatic union, why we shouldn't say things like, he was 100% God and 100% man. Uh, and instead, we should probably just go to truly. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, number one, I've never seen a half man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to meet a half God either. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think that using those words like 100% God, especially, is it's almost a misnomer when we consider that we um, you know, affirm the doctrine of the Trinity. Mm. Now, we're not saying, don't get me wrong, Jesus is not 33.333% right, God, right. right? And then the Father's the other 33, and then the Spirit's the other 33. Mm. No, they are each actually fully God. Right. They, they are each God, yet there is one God. Right. That is the mystery of the Trinity. That is not this post. We'll yeah. get to that at another date. Um, but Christ is truly God. He is not a demigod. He is not a secondary or second level God. And he is not anything less than God. So that's why I, I felt it necessary to affirm, um, again, the way uh, Chalcedon does and say that he is truly 
God. Um, right. I believe Archie Sproul also, you know, makes note of this when he's talking with John MacArthur. I remember Roundtable, where MacArthur said, you know, oh, Christ is fully God. He's fully mm-hmm. man. And R.C. Sproul interjects and says, hey, John, you meant truly, right? And he <laughs> says, oh, yes, I did. I did. You know, it's 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 a wonderful, heartwarming moment yeah. between those two uh, great men of God. And yeah, I, I just think it's important that, that we know that he is truly God. Again, he, he is God. He sustains the world and all creation by the word of his power. He, he's not a lesser God. But he's also truly man. He he wasn't like, as Adelsitis said, said, he wasn't just floating on the earth, right? As like a right. spiritual apparition huh. uh, appearing to be man. No, yeah. he, he was truly man. Right. What did he tell Thomas? Right. right? Yeah. Handle me. Mm-hmm see that i have flesh and bones a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones right. so it's very important to and protect you see the, those the arguments confession. too with yeah. first john first john and uh or in john in john's epistle you, you can tell that even as early as as that time which is right. before the uh it was during the, yeah, the first century that he came exactly yeah and right. also denying that he was uh that he had a body yeah these gnostics were, were saying certain things that were completely contrary to what they learned about christ and so i mean we see it early as the time of the apostles uh, and and these heresies continue to go but i think part of it too is you know uh, at times they they slide because they, they're very careful with their words yeah so so the fact that you use truly uh i think best describes what we're trying to say what we're trying right. to communicate about christ uh so that's that's perfect now uh you mentioned it but on the following page page five because at this point although there are people who agree with us as far as the hypostatic union might see this and be like well why is this important yeah like, why, like I, I can go <laughs> Without, without this part. Right. So can you just read that for me really quick and then kind of follow yeah. up? The Council of Chalcedon. So as a result of this testimony, which is referring back to the previous page, the biblical testimony, which says that Christ is truly God and truly man. As a result of this testimony, the church struggled to properly define the relationship between Christ's two natures for centuries. Were the natures mixed? Was Christ actually two persons with two natures? Again, we touched on that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Heresies came and went, but finally at the Council of Chalcedon, in 451 AD, the church clearly defined what it meant for Christ to be the God-man, for there to be a union of the two natures. Okay. Well, why is it important to even talk about this council? And also, too, there might be some who will say that the church didn't believe in this before then. Sure. You know, so, so if you kind of somehow... I hope you guys enjoyed the first part of that discussion. Um, if you guys want to hear the second part, then just subscribe to the podcast uh, on whatever platform you're using. Please subscribe and rate five stars. That does help the podcast out. And if you guys think that we are doing a good job um, as far as um, edifying the saints and reaching out to the lost, then uh, please consider supporting Saints Edified by visiting uh, patreon.com slash saints edified. Right there you can give a one-time donation or be a monthly contributor, um, however you want, and uh, and whatever um, God allows you to, to give. Um, anything's anything's appreciated especially prayer uh, if you guys can do that as well but um yeah so stay tuned for part two i will upload it in a couple of days Um, and if you guys have any questions and you guys want to talk about this episode feel free to join us on facebook on a um, it's a group that's hosted by saint certified and i have a few admins and uh, and mods on there Um, it's called the roundtable christian discussion discussion and debate and that's, it's a place where we talk to talk to each other as Christians, and those who aren't Christian and who join the group, um, 
they could ask questions as well and we could answer it's just a place where you know trolling is not allowed and it's just a, you know it's, it's, it's a nice little uh i guess pocket in facebook where we can talk about these things and really um just have and it would really be benefited from these discussions so if you guys want to talk about this go on there and we'll and we'll we'll chat and uh, rj is also on there as well so you could ask him questions personally if you want well hopefully you guys enjoyed uh this episode until next time, Solidia Gloria.